0: Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, J.J. Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, now yeah. let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, Kenneth, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. I can't complain. Always glad to talk Miami Heat ball. A few duds to talk about, but it is what it is. Let's get it going.
0: Yeah. So let's start. For First off, Happy New Year to our listeners. I hope this New Year of 2022 brings you much joy and and people do what they want with their lives. Anyway, Heat 120, Rockets 110. The final day of the year 2021 saw the Miami Heat have a... I, th- I don't think the final box score reflects how much they thoroughly dominated the, at least the first half of this game because they got outscored in the second half. But still... They were up by, I want to say, twenty-five at one point, and then things kind of unraveled from there. But that he still managed to maintain control, although Houston made a made a pretty nice run there in the light in the game. But Jimmy Butler, his highest scoring game of the season, season high thirty-seven points for Jimmy Butler in Houston. Boy, it's good to have this man back, Kenneth. Won't you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, but you're
0: foreshadowing so, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's an unfortunate part that we're going to touch on here, but yeah, let's let's keep it positive for now. Uh comments on the Houston game. This is a really that, that Houston that Houston team is really young. They were making plenty of mistakes on the court and oh, I will be remiss if I didn't mention one of our 10-day contract guys, Kyle Guy. No pun intended. Uh, he had a really good game for us in the, in the in that game against the Rockets. Four from six from three-point land. And he didn't seem like he could miss. And he played really well given the circumstances and all. I think that he didn't even practice before that game because they were supposed to play San Antonio on the 29th. But that game got postponed because Miami did not have the requisite eight players available for that game. So they had to postpone that, and that game will be played on February the 3rd, I believe. It was announced yesterday. We're recording on January 4th, the year 2022. First podcast of the new year. So, Kenneth, any thoughts on the Houston game before, you know, what would you see about from Houston? What'd you see about our guy, Kyle Guy?
1: Um, I mean, nothing really big for the Houston game. As you mentioned, Houston's a young team. Um, they're developing. They're searching for something. They won't be playing past the end of the regular season. Um, not as indicative, but I guess you could say a reflection of everything that's going on down there in Houston, um, from them not being able to figure out what's going on with John Wall to Christian Wood not being able to go back in the second half of one of their recent games to them having to Kevin Porter Jr. afterwards. Um, you don't really take a whole lot of, you know, anything huge. Like, there is no grand theoretical point you take away from beating them. You, you're just glad that you're able to go in and handle your business there. And, of course, the Jimmy Butler is able to produce like he does. Um, you mentioned Kyle Guy, who came in fresh, um, didn't have time to practice, still doesn't know the playbook, um, just came in and played ball. I mean, pleasantly surprised by some of the things he did on both sides of the ball. Um, I referenced it then and I referenced it now, um, his, his on ball ability on both sides of the ball, meaning his ability to get to his own shots on offense and to actually not be a liability, complete liability on defense or something that surprised me because I thought he was a more of a shooter and a guy that wasn't necessarily average on defense, but a guy that wouldn't kill you. So, you know, um... Those were encouraging things to see from that Houston game. But again, it wasn't a game where I looked to take any grand theoretical points as much as just thinking, this is a Houston team. We should beat easily. Let's go ahead and handle our business. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I think you said it perfectly there. A lot of of 10-day hardship exception, guys. This was the game in which Mario Chalmers suited up for the Miami Heat. Unfortunately, he has not played. I don't think he has played since he signed with us, but still, good to see NBA champion, two-time NBA champion. i might add. Mario Chalmers back on the team that, you know, the team that that saw him, that saw him contribute to those oh, championship the, teams.
1: The, the team that made his career. We're the yeah. team that made Mario Chalmers a, a household name, for lack of better terms.
0: I mean, Kenneth, I'm gonna read some of the names that we had on the team that game against Houston. Cow Guy. The return of Chris Silva, who unfortunately still cannot catch passes. But you know, high energy guy. You, you always value that. Uh Haywood Highsmith. I unfortunately had never heard of him, but welcome to the team, Haywood. Nick Stauskas. of course I had heard of him. He was a famed he was a famed uh, sharpshooter in college. Never really panned out in the NBA. Mario Chalmers, and Eric Holman, and he did not see any playing time in that game. So, we got a whole cast of characters here that hadn't really played a game for the Miami Heat, and Miami still went into Houston. Again, a team they should beat, but they still handled their business comfortably in that game. Of course, in typical Heat fashion, they let the game get way too close than it should have been at the end. But we have a guy by the name of James Butler. I know he's done us his real name, but James Butler is when go goes supernova. <laughs> that's a reference to when Brett Brown called Jimmy Butler James. Jimmy says that his name is literally Jimmy. But yeah. So, yeah, that's all I could say about Jimmy Butler. Moving on to Sacramento on Sunday. January 2nd, tough loss against the Sacramento Kings. A game which we very well could have won, but we didn't. Probably Omer, I think it was Omer Seven's best game of the season, don't you think, Kenneth? I mean, he's come a long way ever since that Oklahoma City game, which he frankly looked lost out there. And now he's putting up double-doubles on a nightly basis. I mean, it's been really good to see the, that growth.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you... <laughs> You definitely um, look at the man and appreciate what he's been able to do for you. Um, like I said, in that game, he gave you 22 and 16. Um, to be completely honest, he should have had 30 and 16. So they're feeding him, man. I'll, I'll be completely frank. He got 18 shots. Jimmy got 22 and Tyler got 23. If they're going to give you 18 shots, you better convert. Point blank, period. Um, but again, he should have had 30. So he got a lot of work to do on his finish and in his strength, but I like what he's added to the team since he's got an opportunity.
0: Yeah, and he's got something that I think it's really difficult to teach, and it's that soft touch around the rim, especially for big men. That's something that it's not easily teachable to them, and he's already got it. So I think that's a huge positive.
1: Um, I'm a disagree with the soft touch around the rim. I keep hearing that. But I also see I mean, the man I see the man miss a lot of bunnies. I think that what he has is an ability to finish close-in shots. I don't know if I believe in the touch because I don't think he's made a 15-foot jumper since he's been getting regular minutes.
0: I mean, he did make that jumper to, I think it was tie the game off a of Jimmy Butler pass, and it was a mid-range jump shot. So, he did make it. And when was
1: that? Which one was that one?
0: I believe it was... Under a minute left in the fourth quarter, or just over a minute left. I remember Mid- the score. I do remember he tied the game. I think, and it was off oh. a Jimmy Butler pass.
1: Was it a mid-range jump, or was it like a hook shot?
0: But he made plenty of hook shots in that game.
1: Right, right, right. And I'm not, and I, and I didn't say that the hook shot wasn't good. I'm talking about the mid-range jumper.
0: Oh, because I, because I say, I mean, for I, me, ideally, ideally, bro. you don't want him taking mid-range jump shots. That's a He's probably the tallest man on the court.
1: Well, that free throw line in jumper is a mid-range jumper, and he's taking about 10 to 12 of those, and I don't think he's made one. So my whole point was not that he isn't a good finisher around the rim. It's just that I don't know if the touch is as adept as everybody's trying to make it. That's all.
0: Alright. Fair point. So, guys, it was a tough game. It was a game that by the fourth quarter, I clearly thought we could win, and we ended up not doing so. I mean, Jimmy missed a... Okay, I won't say it was a bunny because it wasn't... Once you look at it, it wasn't that that easy of a shot.
1: It was a bunny, JJ. You're giving him a pass. It's the easiest fucking look an NBA superstar have with a chance to win the game.
0: All right. Well, yeah. I'm doing the thing, yes. I've been, I have been giving him a pass for that shot. He missed a bunny. It is what he it did. is. He did,
1: and, and it's simple. I mean, he gets all of the passes because he, Jimmy Butter, he, Jimmy Butler. And he typically comes through in that moment, and you don't knock a guy who the only reason he fails is because he'll try so damn hard. However, because it's Jimmy, you also have to hold him to the same standard that you hold Jimmy to on every other occasion. And in that situation, where he got both guys with the fake. I mean, he pretty much has a wide open layup. All he has to do is do what Jimmy knows how to do, which is kiss it off the glass, take the easy shot. Instead of trying to float it up there with a buzzword for the last five minutes, touch or finesse. Um, and we, and we go to overtime and likely win that game. So no, I think he blew a bunny there, but he gets a pass because you know, he typically
0: comes through. In the previous Miami heat possession, before Aaron Fox put the Kings ahead by 2 with his free throws. He made a really tough layup and it was off the glass and all, like we see Jimmy Butler do. I mean, shit, do you remember that do you remember the game when Jimmy was still in Philly? Well, his last game with the Philadelphia 76ers in fact, the Kawhi buzzer beater game. I it, first off, that was we're not going to talk about the whole game. I just want to talk about the possession for the Sixers before the Kawhi shot. And it was Jimmy Butler for all the marbles, basically. With Serge Ibaka trailing him, I might add, he went for a layup. It wasn't as similar as this in this situation, but he went for it and he kissed it off the glass. And it was a really tough layup, I might add, and he made it. But so, I just went with bringing that situation up. I just want to say that Jimmy Butler is that guy and he has done it in the biggest moments. So if anybody absolutely. deserves a pass, it might be him. I but mean, again, I, I I mean don't don't that. tell him don't tell him that because <laughs> he oh uh, he will wildly disagree with us.
1: Oh no, absolutely. He wants to be held accountable. He'll tell you probably that he fucked up and he should be better.
0: I mean that's what you expect from a leader, so that's why well, we love like Jimmy Butler it, so much. It,
1: and especially a guy like Jimmy Butler but i mean you mentioned it um and i not dwell on it too much cuz like you mentioned um you still have to consider the fact that the Miami Heat were down 11 guys going into that game like they were down 11 of their regular guys oh, so no, I'm,
0: I'm not knocking them it's just that it was disappointing oh, no, 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 because no.
1: i wasn't i wasn't saying you were i'm saying that for the people out there like you look at the game and you see them lose to the Kings on a late you know Jimmy Butler attempt it's like you you have to keep in mind that on top of all of this, is the Miami Heat are playing without 11 of their regular guys. But to your point, um, yeah, Jimmy Butler routinely makes tough layups off the glass. I mean, he did so, again, in the Golden State game, we'll get to. He did so against Houston. He does so every night. I mean, so that's another reason why it's just so confusing why on that particular occasion he chose to go away from what it is he knows, which is fundamental good basketball that works all the time. But either way, it's all good. Like you said, if anybody earns a pass, it's Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the guys on the other side. Darren Fox, he has not been having a good season so far, but he seemingly came on against us and had a pretty good game 24 6 and 6 with two steals and constantly, I mean, constantly attacking Tyler Hero off the dribble in the fourth quarter. It was, I wouldn't say maddening nor frustrating because. As much as we love Tyler, we know, I mean, shit, I mean, who can truly, like, stay in front of De'Aaron Fox in the perimeter? But we know that our guy is probably one of the few guys in the league that you don't you don't want him guarding. I mean, not the few guys. There are many guys in the league that you don't want guarding De'Aaron Fox constantly in the fourth quarter. And, you know, unfortunately, we have one of, one of those guys on our team, and that's Tyler Hero. And he attacked him, as he should. And yeah, the Kings were the better for it. I want to talk about Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, not because he's on my fantasy team or anything, but Tyrese has been putting on has been putting on quite a run as of late. And he finished this game with nine points and twelve assists. So Tyrese Halliburton is he is something and whoa.
1: And based on the rest of his games over the past couple of weeks, that's a low output game for him
0: right which just speaks to how good he has been in the past few weeks so he's quickly becoming one of the guys that I if they're playing against my team I you know there are a few guys that who that play against my team and I enjoy watching but he he's on my watch list now by the way Malik Monk is absolutely not on that list I hate it when he goes off against us I mean we I hate it because I I can't slander him for any other performance that he had against another team because I root for the only team that he just decides to kill every single time, which is frustrating as hell. But there's the, there's the Malik Monk mentioned, Kenneth, so I, I'm sorry. I, I had to do it, but...
1: It's all good, <laughs> brother. He sucks against everybody else.
0: Yeah. You got anything else to add about the Kings game? You want to say something else about the Kings? I think I I've, I've said all I want to say about them, but... If you yeah. have anything to add, go ahead, my friend.
1: Um, nothing particular to add. I would say that you're starting to see the answers to the questions, and I don't know if you remember, but we had these discussions um, maybe earlier in the off season or whatever. But it's starting to look like the Kings are going to choose. Um, De'Aaron Fox is either going to be a two-guard for them or he isn't going to be there because they like Halliburton as the point and Davion Mitchell can play beside either of them, if that makes sense.
0: So you think there will be a, an odd man out, out of those three? Well, you have,
1: you, yeah, you have to choose between De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton unless you're comfortable with De'Aaron Fox playing the two-guard. And I I pointed it out the other day um, the only thing that makes me more comfortable than Jimmy Ball having his hand, having the balls in his hands a big moment is De'Aaron Fox taking a three-point shot. Because he was over 4 from range, um, and it never looked good. Like, you always knew he was going to miss it. So, I don't know if you can survive with him as your two, which means you're going to have to choose between him and Halliburton.
0: And there's only one of them who has a, a big contract right now. So, maybe... Down the road, I I could see it. I could see them just flat out having to choose between two of the oh, three. yeah,
1: I mean, and they're also – I mean, and Davion and Tyrese Halliburton are the two to choose because not only do they fit, but like you said, they cost you less money. Um, and then plus, when you're looking at your record, um, your trajectory, your timeline, DM Fox's timeline, you're getting to a point where they just won't match.
0: Well, then – Okay. Okay, you know what? We went into this rabbit hole. We're going to stay in it. So, if I were the Kings, this suddenly turned into a Kang's podcast, but if I were the Kings, do you consider Halliburton and Mitchell foundational pieces for a future championship team?
1: Yes. Um, Halliburton is assuredly your starting point guard. And depending on how deeply he can develop his offense, Davion Mitchell might be your other starting guard because Halliburton, you know, can slide in as the one or two and so can Mitchell because of his defensive abilities. Um, And if he just can, you know, consistently get the shot, it won't matter playing them beside each other. And plus, what you have in both of those guys is two-way ability and not that you don't have that same thing India and Fox is just that the offensive the shooting, the offensive uh, deficiencies outweigh the two-way ability there because the thing that he excels the most at takes away from everybody else. It's like, well, yeah, you have offensive deficiencies with Halliburton or Mitchell if you look at it. They're not Steph Curry with the shot, but it's not too many situations where you don't trust them. Well, at the same time, what they do do well doesn't clash with what everybody else does well. With De'Aaron Fox, he absolutely needs to paint. His special ability is the ability to get in the open floor and be faster than everybody else or to get to the cup at will in the half court because of his speed. Well, if he's going two clicks faster than everybody else, nobody can really play with him. Because his ability that separates him from people is his ability to go a lot faster than you can.
0: So does Philly end up calling him?
1: I, and we talked about this too, whereas I'm, I told you that a package based around one of the two guards and Fox is what it would take to get Ben Simmons from me if I'm Philly. Of course you have to give me some future pick compensation um, but I think that
0: I would look, if I were Philly, I would look to get buddy healed in there because I think
1: that you, Oh, definitely that will, that's definitely in the package. Um, and even at this particular time with them, you know, so down on Bagley, I think you have them throw Bagley in there as well, just for like a sweetener. But I mean, I mean but one not to get into,
0: little, not, not to get into complicated trade mechanics and all. But I wouldn't see a spot for Bagley in Philly, so there would have to be a third team involved if you want. If you want. Okay. If you want to like, I don't know, because if I'm Philly, I know there's no place for him in my team, and I probably won't even be interested in re-signing him in the off-season because my timeline is way different than his. So I'll probably look at a Detroit, San Antonio, probably, or or well, not Orlando. He doesn't fit there. They already have some frontcourt pieces, but any other team that's rebuilding. I would look at them and say, hey, you want to take this young piece? Probably give me a second-round pick.
1: Right. Or you could take Bagley because, to be quite frank with you, um, Bagley and Tobias Harris aren't that different of guys. It's just that Bagley hasn't found his offense yet, which was the thing about Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias Harris is a big wing, and everybody has seemingly undervalued his ability because he didn't do it traditionally. He was more of a middle player than he was a paint player or a three-point guy. And I think that him and Bagley have a lot of similarities. So while you're right and while I tend to agree, he'll probably end up just being something to facilitate another deal. I mean, you could also play him into that, you know, Tobias role as a second or third guy. I mean, there's just so many options. My question for that deal, though, would be, are you running into the same problem by bringing Ben Simmons in there as you have with De'Aaron Fox? Whereas Ben Simmons is a lot bigger than De'Aaron Fox. They can actually slide in and guard your fours on the other side. You're running into the same problem where that guy doesn't shoot the ball well, you know?
0: Yeah, but I would really rather have Ben slashing than De'Aaron Fox. Oh, just 100%. Just for the fact that he's bigger.
1: 100%, but I'm talking, I'm talking long-term outlook. That's just something that you have to consider. If it's me, do I make do I pull the trigger on both Philly side and Sacramento side? Hell yeah! But I'm just saying it's something you have to admit if you're being honest, you know.
0: Oh yeah, and listen, we went into some trade talk there. I would be extremely surprised if Sacramento does anything regarding Fox this season. It will oh, be no.
1: yeah, it won't be this season because his his values at all time low. They be fucking themselves. Excuse my French. Except to try to make a deal.
0: I was getting there. His value is insanely low right now. So but I listen, it it would be I would be lying to you if I didn't think that they those conversations have taken place in the building. And oh the fact oh that without a doubt.
1: It, without a doubt. I mean looking at that payroll, looking at, you know, the What's the word? The, the, the maximum potential of this particular assembly, looking at the fact that they were like um, 11, I mean, six and 11 uh, or something like that before they fired Luke Walton. And they haven't been much better under Gentry.
0: Um, I mean, by the way, it, Alvin Gentry's postgame conferences have been hilarious of late.
1: Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> a
0: funny dude. Um, but
1: I mean they haven't they haven't gone, you know, they haven't gone that much further. And it's not gentry's fault because that isn't his team. So you can't hold him accountable for that. But he's cooking with the groceries he he's been given, you know. So um without a doubt those conversations are taking place and and, and as I mentioned, because of timelines and where he is in his career, you can't think that De'Aaron Fox is much longer for Sacramento. He won't be there in two years. I'll put it to you like that.
0: You see a heat player by then. Good friends with I, Pam. Don't,
1: I don't know, and I don't know for these reasons. Cal Lloyd's making ninety million dollars, and as we've discussed, his and that's money. Over and
0: that's
1: over I mean, three. That's over three years. The, the next two I mean,
0: years.
1: After, but stop. let me answer the question. His money matches up with when you have to pay Tyler.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's. Oh man, that about that's about to get plenty you of uncomfortable. Thinking,
1: see, you weren't thinking about that, were you?
0: No, I actually forgot about that. Tyler's due for a deal. It's off season, and he's probably gonna ask for ooh, max,
1: ooh, which will kick in the last year of, t- of Kyle's deal.
0: Ooh, yeah, shit might get uncomfortable. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. So.
1: I, I don't think that we're. I, I don't think that we're in a bad position there because what you also have. No, to no, realize
0: no, 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 no. I'm not saying bad position for the team. It's just for the fans. You know what I'm saying? Some harsh. What do you mean? Some harsh truths of the business that a guy that we love. I mean, that we are, have come to love, and I'm not talking the main, the two main guys, and Jimmy and Pam. There might be some uncomfortable conversations about him I by don't, that point. I
1: don't, I don't think so, man. I think that. Pat has, Pat know what he got, and he's probably been preparing for this since he hopped on the scene at the bubble, to be completely frank.
0: I mean, yeah, sure. He's Pat Riley. I mean, and i put he, it to you like this. As he, knows a GM, more than, he knows more than me, so whatever.
1: Absolutely. And as a GM and a talent evaluator, do you ever not want to have to pay your guys the max?
0: I mean, if you have to pay your guys the max and you don't feel bad about it, then you've done something good
1: right well that's the point you don't ever not want to have to pay your guys the max because that means you missed you feel what i'm saying
0: yeah tyler here's a max guy by the way so
1: a hundred percent so that's why i'm like well you know what's the problem when he asks for it you got to give it to him
0: all right all right all right let's let's table those conversations for a future episode because that we there's a rabbit hole there that we can go deep into Let's move on to the game that took place last night. The Golden State Warriors faced the Miami Heat in San Francisco, and it was another tough loss, back-to-back losses for the Heat. On the second night of a back-to-back in this seven-game road trip, which we are currently standing at 1-2 and two, if I'm not mistaken right, mistaken, right, Kenneth?
1: Yes, at the current moment, 1-2, and two, when you look at the fact that We are supposed to have played four games along the road trip right now, but the Spurs game got postponed, as you mentioned. So just looking at Houston, Sacramento, Golden State, one and two.
0: Well boy, that last night's list again was really long for inactive guys. Gabe Vincent did not play. Max Strus, Duncan Robinson, Victor Odipo, You know we don't. Ex- we didn't expect him to be out there at this point. Honestly, Casey, I'll call Markeith Morris. Something that's really starting to worry me that that man. We have. He said that there would be an update soon, and it's been a week. And We haven't and heard we still.
1: Haven't them. heard one
0: right. So, unless there's, another, there's unless there's another injury there, in which, in typical Heat fashion, they won't tell us.
1: Right, they keep it close to the vest. Two things there we mentioned about marquise He's had a a history of neck issues, so there's a little bit of reference or there's a little bit of uh, extra detail to that story. This isn't his first neck situation. The second thing,
0: um, as As far far as... Sorry to interrupt. Speaking of situation, our, our guy Karate, we haven't seen him. But Ruth Riley's doing a really good job, so...
1: Absolutely. Ruth Riley always does a great job. Um before Karate Crady went down with COVID, by the way. Crady had a COVID situation. Um yeah. it's it's I mentioned I how,
0: go ahead. Known by known by a PCR test action, so
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um <laughs> I reference how good Ruth Riley and Jax are on the radio, so it doesn't shock me that Ruth Riley Hunter is that good on TV because I mean she's just that good when it comes to calling, you know, basketball games um however now to go back to um the situation as far as the game goes when you look at what they had on monday night against the warriors they got one of the 11 guys back pj tucker pj tucker that's the, that's the easy way to say it out of the 11 guys that they've been missing they got one of them back
0: woohoo i thought it was i think it was ira when Winterman, like the reporter for, I think he reports for the Miami South Herald Florida. or something. Nope. Or South, South Florida, South South Florida Sentinel. Yeah. Yep. I mean, was it him who had the typo on the tweet that says P.J. Brown was going to come back for the heat? I was like, oh.
1: I didn't oh. see that. Wow. But it wouldn't have shocked me <laughs> because you're probably thinking that he's reporting news. You know what I mean? Because you do <laughs> got Joe Johnson and Lance Stevenson. And as we mentioned, Rio signing deals. Um, it's not Les Stevenson
0: returned to the Pacers Les Stevenson's back with the Pacers yeah it's 2012 again man
1: well see it's funny you say that because last night I was cooking and for some reason I know what was happening I was cooking and I had the NBA TV highlights going and Ropesh and Isaiah Thomas and Candace Parker were on there talking about Trey Young's 56 point game um, and I was thinking I remember when they had a lot of guys out going ready had came back from them Came back for them. Lance Stevenson, Born Ready, is what they call him. Um, I wanted to. I was thinking about was he still there? So you're telling me that he didn't stick with Atlanta, but he's now latched back on with Indiana.
0: Yep. Well, the what return. do you
1: fucking know?
0: <laughs> oh man, life, That's like life the is crazy. Sometimes,
1: right? It's like the fourth time.
0: I think because I know after I know after he's the, been with him
1: three times
0: after the Charlotte deal, you know, he came back right. After that Charlotte deal went all right. Yeah. That...
1: well, here is the thing. That's how he ended up with Atlanta. He played for Nate McMillan in Indiana too, and you got original. You got to realize Frank Vogel was his original coach.
0: Yeah, and Frank Vogel's now. I mean, shit. I mean, I forgot Lance Stevenson also played with the Lakers, in LeBron's first season there. <laughs> he
1: he oh, definitely man. did. He definitely did.
0: Oh my goodness. This, life's crazy sometimes. I'm
1: going to be frank, though. There is no world where Lance Stevenson shouldn't be in the NBA. Let's just be real.
0: So you're saying he still belongs?
1: Fuck yeah. He's a big wing that can do everything, and most of all, he can defend. I'm not saying he's a starter or a star, but there's no world where he's not one of the best 450 players in the the world. No world. The guy's Hmm. still only like 32, 33.
0: I mean, he's probably he's probably a rotation guy on a, on
1: worst, a bad team, bro, like the Pacers. At, at worst, he's he's a starter on a bad team, bro. He's a rotational guy on a good team.
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know who I would take out of the Indiana starting lineup because the Pacers fit that bill. They're a bad team right now. They're just bad.
1: Right. I mean, you wouldn't take anybody out of the starting lineup now because the guy's coming in halfway through the season. But I mean, the guy came to, off the street. <laughs> right, but all things considered, if you give him a training camp, I mean, you know, you're telling me that Duarte definitely gets starts over him? You're telling me that him and Brogdon don't make up, you know, quite the defensive tandem in that backcourt? I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a couple of different possibilities. All I'm saying is I can 100% tell you this. There is no world where Lance Stevenson isn't one of the best 450 ballers in the world. Not when you got both McDaniels brothers still getting contracts. And don't get me wrong. They're young guys. You got one of them playing for Minnesota. One of them playing for Charlotte. But they're just big right now. Like, they don't have any specific skill set. And I'm just making a point, making an example. Didn't choose them for any reason. They're just the ones that come to my mind.
0: All right. Well, let's go back to the game. 115-108. Warriors win. A game which saw Stephen Curry only have 9 points. Stephen Curry, one of the greatest players of all time. And the Warriors still beat us. That's, I mean, shit. There's only so much you can overcome. I mean, I'm really proud of this team. They stuck, they, for the most part that I saw, they were still in it. They did not give up. It was just, by the way, I I did not see most of the second half because the game started. So fucking late down here. It was 11 p.m. And by the end of the first half, it was like 12.30. And I was. I tapped out and washed. So, yeah. Over year seven had another big rebounding game. Five points, but 17 rebounds. So, keep grabbing those boards, young man. And keep improving every day. Because, oh, man. I think we have something there, Kenneth. I mean, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm just... I mean, we got to wait to see the full team healthy first. And of course, he's. I don't expect him to be part of. Be getting anywhere close to 33 minutes that he had last night. But maybe he has found himself a spot in the rotation when everybody comes back. At least until the playoffs, because I don't expect to see him out there in the playoffs. Don't you think, Kenneth?
1: Talking to the wrong guy, man. Um. I respect what he's done and I like him as a player. He's a lot better than I thought he would be, but I don't think that. I think that a lot of what has happened to us um at the rim is him too. Like for here's the thing. When you're, oh, you Oh no no that, no.
0: I'm I'm not I'm not absolving him of any like our defense has been shit for the past 3 games.
1: Right, and that's my point. So I don't know if he's running anybody's spot. I still want Deadman as my second string center, and I still want Bam as my starter because you have no, to grab me. You have to grab me twenty boys and score me twenty points when you're allowing fifteen points on the
0: other end. No, that's what I meant. Like when everybody's healthy, Bam and Demon will get the lion's share of the center minutes. But maybe he could get—I don't know—a a little run in there, so he can keep improving. That's oh, what I oh, mean Oh no!
1: I, oh yeah! I definitely agree there. I mean, he's definitely. He's definitely a part of the future. He's a he's a core cool part of the future if he can continue to play this, if he can continue to play this way. I just don't want people to automatically assume that he's arrived. No, he still has a lot to work on. And before we can hand over the keys to him and say you're our guy every night, we've got to be able to trust you on the defensive side just as much as we trust you on the offensive side. And right now, you're just big. You're not good on defense. You're just big. If that works, I mean, to be a barrier sometimes. But there's a lot of time the teams, if you were our regular full-time guy, teams would attack you all night long. But because you've only been playing for a couple of games regularly, they haven't done that yet. But if you were the full-time guy regularly, he would be attacked all night long. Just like early in the Golden State game, how uh, was it Golden State or was it the Kings game? Either way, I know you had two fouls quick in one of these games. And that's the situation that would happen if he were a regular guy, and that's because he has a lot to learn on defense.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, he's got a long way to go to play even average NBA defense. He's got he's got a hill to climb there, but still, I have faith in him. And as we have seen, we have been burned once after having misplaced faith on a big. Tall guy. i didn't
1: want to invoke that name i didn't want to invoke that oh, name he I who shall not be it. named i didn't want to the... do it but i'm glad you did it jJ i'm glad you said it because we've been here before haven't we
0: oh yeah and it cost us a lot oh it I cost mean,
1: us a lot i mean a hundred million dollars
0: <laughs> man oh man but we're here now okay so absolutely. Was, I mean, so I mean, you gave yourself for, for so go ahead no for a minute there it seemed like uh, have this scene being in this place seemed like a pipe dream, like three years ago, and look where we are now. So, but yeah, continue.
1: Um, I disagree with that too, man. I, I put it to you like this, and I, I I didn't know how we would get here, JJ. In Pat, we trust. I believe that wholeheartedly. I might have. We we all might have to give Pat Riley a year, a year and a half to recalibrate. But if you trust in Pat just know that he's going to get you back to a place of contention um, Trusting, as as, trust in Pat and Andy absolutely absolutely well you trust in Pat because he's the face but he got the great people beside him and under him and Andy and Spo and working with Mickey and all of the people in the Heat organization so yeah man you shame, just trust that they'll he, be absolutely I mean, you left. trust that they'll be able to um, you know make things happen Shane only left so that he can start to implement himself into other things but that's that's a different story um, because he can come back anytime he wants. But I, again, a different story to the to the Warriors situation. Look, man, with the way that the Warriors started out shooting in comparison to the way that the Miami he started out shooting, the Warriors should have been up twenty to twenty five points in the first quarter. Um, when that didn't happen, when the Heat kept it, you know, to twelve or under for much of the first quarter, you knew that some at some point in the second half they would make it a game again. That didn't take long as they proceeded to make it a game again quickly into the second half. Um, And then late in the third quarter, Jimmy Butler turned his ankle. Um, And he's had several ankle injuries over the past couple of weeks and throughout this season. So that really bothers you. But up until that point, the Miami Heat were right there. And this is, again, down 10 guys. When the Warriors are getting back most of their regular guys, and yes, Steph Curry wasn't having a game, but you have to give some heat, some you have to give the heat some credit there. But for the most part, they were right there in this game, and the Warriors were just much better offensively up until that point. Even when Jimmy Butler went out of the game, the Miami Heat still kept giving themselves chances to win, but they just didn't have enough to, um, you know, officially and wholeheartedly close the gap, for lack of better terms. I'll stand on this notion. If all things are equal, meaning if the Miami Heat give the same type of effort and Jimmy Butler doesn't get injured, I'll go on a limb and say that the Miami Heat win that game.
0: And you wouldn't be, I wouldn't say you were far from the tooth, my friend. Unfortunately, there's only so much you can overcome. I mean, next man up and all that. But... Right. And I, but
1: but let's I don't want to cut you all, but I had to say this. Next man up doesn't apply to certain guys. There is no guy that can fill Jimmy's void for this team, and you know that.
0: No, no, that's what I meant. You can say next man up all you want, but there are guys that you simply can just, just cannot say next man up. And of course, in teen sports, that's, you know, it's kind of like that's like a taboo or something or or it's forbidden yeah, to sure. say that.
1: Yeah, if it's what? your quarterback, your pitcher, or Jimmy Butler, ain't no next man
0: up. Yeah. If it's, like, for example, if the, Bucs say, if the Buccaneers say next man up and Tom Brady goes down, there's no next man up there. So What
1: are we talking about? What are we talking about? What do you mean? That's Tom freaking Brady. Ain't no next man up. It's over. It's over.
0: Yeah. And with our current situation, COVID, injuries and all, there's no man, no there's no next man up for Jimmy Butler. So, for our sake,
1: I mean, unless let's just Michael, hope that he's unless fine. Him, unless Michael Jordan is out there somewhere and he wants to keep playing.
0: I mean, I don't think he's he's not he doesn't have the Heat culture right now.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. We need
0: to we need to ingratiate him with the Heat culture. I mean, we have his jersey retired, so that's a start.
1: So all we got to do is pull it down.
0: I mean, shit. Unless he wants to wear. Number forty five again.
1: We're going back down a rabbit hole today. There.
0: <laughs> we always do this. <laughs> oh alright, let's let's preview the week. So on Wednesday, January fifth, day before Three Kings Day. Happy Three Kings Day to my fellow Latin Americans out there. Uh, we play the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. A team that sucks ass right now. There's no better way to say it. They is there another way to say how bad this, the Blazers have been, Kenneth. I mean, they beat they beat Atlanta yet last night, even with Trey Young's fifty six, but also Inferny Simons at forty three. <laughs> oh my god, that's that was offense galore in that game. But still, this is a team that currently stands at fourteen and twenty two. Meanwhile, we have a twenty three and fifteen record. So this is a game that I expect us to win, but they still have a guy on the other side. Apparently, two guys now that Inferny Simons has gone off, but. They have still have another guy on the other side that you have to game plan for. He's one of those guys, even though he's having a bit of a down year. He's come on recently. He his averages are still nothing to sneeze at twenty four four and seven. So um, the guy I'm talking about, of course, is Damian Lillard, one of probably one of the best scoring guards we have, scoring point guards I, I should say, that the league has ever had. But he is with a really bad team right now. So, Kenneth, what do you expect from this game? Obviously, I, I don't expect to see Jimmy Butler out there. I would love to be wrong, but I don't expect to be, see him out there. We haven't gotten an official update on him. So, I don't know how that bodes for the future, but let's hope that he's okay. Kenneth, you have the floor.
1: Um, There's not a really whole lot to say, man. Like you mentioned, Portland isn't a good team. Damian Lillard is Damian Lillard, but he hasn't been Dame. It hasn't been a lot of dame time for lack of a better term throughout the season, whether you wanna look at the consistency of playing or him not Although, being able to uh, find I mean, his shot. Sorry to, to interrupt.
0: I would be remiss to not to mention he did not play yesterday.
1: Right, absolutely. Um which gives a guy like Anthony Simmons, um, the Simons the chance to show up, but also, you know, uh respect and condolences to Simons who mentioned that he lost his grandfather a day before um, Monday night game, so that kind of inspired that performance.
0: Condolences so, to his family.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Always a tough situation to lose a loved one, especially a patriarch like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, but 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 as we stated, man, the Portland Trailblazers aren't a good team. You always have to be aware of Damian Lillard. They have some talent over there in Portland. When you look at what they have in Nurkic, you think Nasir Little's finally coming on. Um, you like I said, you look at Damian Lillard, you look at Simons who can explode on you at any minute, but they're not a good team. Um, And to be frank with you, I still trust Cal Lord. Cal Lord is still a hell of a player. And when you talk about the opportunity that we had to win the game, even without Jimmy Butler and Golden State on Monday, a lot of that was due to Cal Lord, who came back in and played a lot of the fourth quarter with five fouls. Um, A guy like that just gives you everything that he has. And even when he's not knocking down shots or doing the scoring for you himself, he's making your team go to a point where it's hard for anybody else to beat him. So I trust Kyle Laurie enough to be able to take us into Portland and get us a win because, as mentioned, they're not a good team.
0: Yeah. I, and Kyle, we trust now. This is the second guy we have said that we trust in this podcast. But still, in Kyle, we well, trust. Well,
1: it's, it's funny, though, because to be quite frank with you, um, Kyle is probably an extension of Pat Riley.
0: Funny how he, a guy that, Has never played a single minute for up until, you know, the season, a new signing. And he's and he feels like he has been here forever.
1: Right. I mean, because Pat is a guy that do whatever the fuck it takes to win. And whether it be dive, complain all game long, uh, guard five different people, take the three, go get the rebound, kick it out and then reposition yourself to take another three. Kyle Lloyd is that same type of dude, man. Whatever the fuck it might take to win on any given night, he's with it.
0: Yeah, and I just hope Raptor's Twitter doesn't find me after saying that, that you know, Kyle feels like he has been here he's forever. He's a lifer,
1: man. He was always meant to be here. They were just holding on to him until he could get to where he was meant to be.
0: I mean, I, I just that uh, man... I don't want to get too much into it, but Raptors fans, man, there's they're something. <laughs> they're, that, did you see? By the way, we should we should talk about this. Let's spend a, like two or three minutes on this. Goran Dragic, heat lifer, Goran Dragic, a guy that Heat fans love with all their hearts. At least most real fans do. He was seen practicing, like working out in the Miami Heat facilities. This is when this is where the Raptors basically how many DNPs coaches decision has he racked up this season I think I've barely seen him play for the Raptors right and they're all coaches decision
1: absolutely I think Gorin has only played in
0: like four games yeah and the rest of the time has been DNPs huh so I mean shit Welcome, you, the culture still welcomes you Gorin
1: I mean, oh, absolutely.
0: Here, here's a scenario. There's a there's a scenario for him to come back this season with the Miami Heat, and I know they would love to. Ha- they would welcome him with open arms because that there's, second point guard that, spot, I, that second point guard spot is his to take.
1: There's a scenario this season. I didn't know, and I'm gonna be completely honest with you. If I had a choice. I take Gorn because of the nostalgia, but I'm not going to say it's his to take because Gabe Benson has been
0: no, balling. Gabe, Gabe has been balling, but you can... I mean, shit, you you want to have can, all those you, options.
1: But, absolutely, you can play them beside each other, but then, I'm going to be honest with you, there's another guy, um, pun intended, that has made that equation even harder because with the nuts he's shown, I don't know if you can let Cal guy walk.
0: Hmm. I don't know, man, I... That's a cup. That that's why Pat's smarter than us. Whatever. So. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. But but so, but but that might not be a problem because from my understanding, I didn't know there was a situation where we could get going back. Um, yes. Because all of the, even if he clears waivers, you would think that he then has to go through another process before the Miami he can sign him. But tell me, do listen,
0: tell. Listen, listen. I might be talking out of my ass here, but I think I'm right. According to CBA rules, I might be right. Take what I say as a grain of salt. I'm not a reporter. I'm not anything. I'm just a guy. I'm not Kyle Guy, but I'm just a guy. Goran Dragic would have to be traded, and if that new team decides to buy him out, the remaining whatever money is left on his contract.
1: Right. He then, then to he clear he can, waivers at that point,
0: and then he can sign with us. But if the Raptors buy him out, he cannot sign with us He can sign with
1: any team besides the Miami Heat. Yes. But he has to be traded first. And then basically, he has to be bought out by the second team. We can't get him directly from the Raptors. And that's why I meant he has to be waived. And then there has to be another thing to happen. Because another thing is, if he's waived, if he gets at least another 10-day and then as a free agent again, we can still sign.
0: I believe so. Too. But I think the most likely scenario for him would be to get traded and then get bought out. However, Absolutely. what team does that, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. And that's
1: and that's why I don't think it's in the cards for this year, because I think the Raptors just hold on to him as a roster you know, as a roster placeholder. I, I will more say than though, anything.
0: He's a nice salary filler for a trade for a big contract.
1: and that's what I mean. At worst, you can use him in the offseason to help facilitate a deal. And when you're talking about a guy like Masai Ujiri, he's just not going to give up a business piece like that. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, so to Raptors fans out there, knowing your GM, he won't give him out for nothing, so don't be surprised if he just rides out the season with you guys and racks up those game checks while having a nice day in Miami.
1: Right, which means that he won't be able to. Well, you just spoiled. You know, you buried the lead. But I was about to say, which means he won't be able to return to his house in Miami until next season. But he won't be able to work where he lives until next season. Because believe me, he's back in Miami.
0: Oh <laughs> shit! I'm think he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he's been living here for the past month. So.
1: Oh no! Definitely, at least, at least, because like we mentioned, he hasn't played but five games for Toronto. And it's it, it's there's and it's, no
0: And it seems like it was a mutual decision to just let him do his shit.
1: Absolutely. And it's not irony that he was in the heat's practice facility. Like he don't just show up by himself. He had to get permission from somebody. So we'll just leave it there.
0: Yeah. Come back, Gorin. We want you back.
1: Absolutely. At least for
0: one more season. Okay. So uh do you want to talk really quickly about the Phoenix game? We'll go more in, in detail for that game.
1: No, we can wrap it up. We'll be back back Friday, man. No need to take up some our points.
0: All right. I would just say one thing. I think the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA and are currently my championship favorites. I'll leave it at that.
1: I disagree. Like I said in the beginning of the year, I think people were sleeping on Golden State and Steph Curry looks like I was right.
0: Hmm. I still take Phoenix. I just still take Phoenix right now.
1: I feel but, you, but I don't understand. Matter of fact, no, we can get two minutes on that since you want to talk <laughs> Phoenix. In a seven-game series, you take Phoenix over Golden State? Why?
0: First, I don't know how Klay's going to look when he comes back. Doesn't matter. To, I me, it like, to me, it matters. To me, it matters.
1: It does matter, but it only matters for Golden State. I think even right now, you're looking at two evenly matched teams where Golden State might be a little better. Devin Booker is better than Andrew Wiggins, but they're comparable. Chris Paul, um, Steph Curry is better than Chris Paul, but they're comparable. But when you look at them as duos, Devin Booker and Chris Paul is very, are very comparable or slightly worse than Steph, Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins, right?
0: Nah, I still take Paul and Booker.
1: Wow, that now that, my friend, is a shocker because I take Wiggins and Steph.
0: And listen, I know how good Wiggins has been this season. He has been truly good, really. Finally, it right. looks like he... But in a seven-game series, I just... I haven't... I don't know how Andrew Wiggins will look in a seven-game series. He has been to the playoffs only once in his career. See,
1: what you're looking at... Jo-
0: Jordan Poole... I mean, l- 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 let me finish this. Go and ahead. Then I'll let you... Jordan Poole, fantastic story, Whatever. I still I still only seen him in the play in. You know, Bielitsa and Porter Jr. They have I they're veterans. I think I can trust him in a playoff ro- rotation. But the thing is, how many guys does Phoenix have that you would trust in a seven-game playoff series that you can just put out on the floor? Which and let me rephrase that question. Which seven do you feel more comfortable with Phoenix's seven guys? over Golden State? I do.
1: I feel more comfortable with Golden State 7 guys because let me ask you this. You could have said the same thing about Phoenix last year, but why did you feel comfortable with them? Because of the guy they had leading them, right?
0: Yeah, fair point.
1: Right, so that's exactly why I feel comfortable with Golden State. Think about that meme where you see Draymond pointing at Kevin Durant's chest all up in his ear. That's him to every other guy and that's why I feel comfortable about Golden State leadership they got one of the best leaders in the nba over there leading that team and draymond and not only is he one of the best leaders in the nba but he's then also one of the best defenders and one of the best team basketball players in the nba so he's not just telling you what to do or screaming at you what to do he's out there in the trenches doing it with you and then when you look at what you were talking about yeah i see the offensive electricity of booker and all of that and you don't know how Wiggins is going to do in the playoffs, but you're talking about from an offensive perspective. What I do know he's going to do is be able to get me 10 points a night. If you get me 10 points a night and play the near elite defense on Devin Booker that you played for the rest of the season, you've more than fulfilled your duties. Because the other guy can go get me 40 if I need him to. And my, and, it, and it won't be hard.
0: I don't know. I'm still looking at the Warriors rotation. I feel more comfortable with Phoenix. But anyway, we can, um, we'll dive into that on our next episode. So,
1: with that being said, I mean, play, because player for player, Golden State's a better team, but we can leave off on that last word, Kenny.
0: Yeah. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the 305 Culture Pod. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. Leave a five-star review and a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it as it helps the show grow. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod.
1: And where can they follow you on social media, JJ?
0: They can follow me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJ R I V Victor E R A N B A. And on Instagram, you can follow me on Jay, at J Rivera ninety eight. That's J A I R O R I V and Victor once again E R A ninety eight. And where can they find you, my friend?
1: On Twitter, you can find me at K K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E. Again, K said K on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at I am K serious. That's I A M K C I R R U S. Again, I am K am I A M K C I R R U S. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you for listening. Join us next week or later this week. I apologize. Absol- <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, thank you for listening. See you later in the week. Bye-bye.